If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. And thank you for joining me for another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and I'm delighted to be back with you again. Here we are in midsummer, the beginning of August. It, it sort of feels like we've broken the back of the high season. We've just got four more high season weekends. You know, this is the way we, we, we roll. We uh, our Our year is sort of built around the 10 weeks of high season. When you've heard me say this before, when each week we've probably got around 120 to 150 families going into properties every Saturday. I mean, some go in Fridays, some go in Sundays, but in general, it's it's a Saturday. And then, of course, we have the ones that forget to leave and the ones that arrive a day early. And I'll tell you about those a little bit later on. Today, I want to reflect a little bit on how this business has changed over the past 20 years and just talk about how you know, things that have happened this summer have really caused me to reach a conclusion that we have to make some big changes before we go into next year. Uh, today's episode is the last of, of the solo ones I'm going to be doing for a while because I have around... 12 to 15. At the moment, I've got 12 guests scheduled in for interviews. And I have another three or four to, uh, to talk to and get them, get, get them tied down to a date and time where I can do an interview. And we have such a great assortment of, of people that, we're going to be, that I'm going to be talking to over the next three months or so. And of course, partway through that, I get to our 200th episode. And that one is, is, is going to be a, a specific one. It's a bit of a turnaround on the normal uh, Vacation Rental Success podcast episodes. And I'll tell you a bit more about that later on. So if you are listening to this on the date of publication, it is just... A couple of days, or it might be just the day before, Eric Muller's Airbnb Mastery Summit is launched. So I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes because I don't want you to miss out on that. If you've got some time to sit down and listen to some of the interviews that Eric has done, you're going to learn such a lot about this business. And this is a free summit. If you're able to listen to it over the next couple of days then just take some time out and do that. Just register and and at least listen to two, three, maybe, you know, if you can listen to half a dozen of them, then you're go- you really are going to learn a lot from the people who have given their time to sit down and talk to Eric about investment in vacation properties, about marketing, about using Airbnb. But, you know, just because it's called the Airbnb Mastery Summit doesn't mean you have to be advertising on Airbnb. It's just simply that we have come to use Airbnb as a, as a verb to describe our industry over the last couple of years. And that's something I want to talk to you a bit later on in this episode, just about how we deal with the millennial market, because like it or not, this is a thing. The millennial market is a thing, and we need to understand it, appreciate it, and adapt to it. So what I want to talk about today, and this is this is a completely unedited podcast. I, I'm taking a leaf out of the book of, of my friend and mentor, Cliff Ravenscraft, who does this every so often, and I, I really enjoy listening to his 
unedited, really not not so much rambling podcast. He definitely doesn't do rambling podcasts. I may. He just really talks about the things that are coming to his mind at the time. And that's what this one's about. Because I have been doing a lot of reflecting in the last in the last week or two about how the business has changed over the past 20 years. Um, maybe because we, we took on a new customer service and hospitality manager this year. And Christina came and joined us in May. So she's just been with us three months now. And she has had to learn a huge amount. So I think over the time that we have been educating Christina on the industry, we've been talking a lot about how it used to be and how it is now. Because a lot of our owners are still are still expecting things to be the same as they were 10, 15, 20 years ago. And of course, it's, it's different. So, so completely different. You know, back then, we dealt directly with our guests and we called them renters. We often took their cash when they arrived. We trusted that they were going to turn up. You know, they, they, they booked a place. In general, they didn't cancel. They just turned up with their cash in hand. In those days, we trusted that they'd clean up before they left. And in general, they did. It was part of renting. And I'm talking about renting a cottage in Ontario, but I remember doing exactly the same in, in England back in the, in the 80s and 90s where there were no cleaning teams and you're far more tolerant of, of arriving and there were dust bunnies under the beds and... The old, you know, do you remember that old can opener and the rusty knife and the blunt knife? Well, we expected that and we were tolerant of it and took our own stuff if necessary. And then back then, we, you know, we hoped our guests would let us know if something broke and needed fixing. And of course, it wasn't as easy for them then to text or email. Or even make a phone call, because I remember going to stay at properties down in Cornwall in England um, back when my family was young, and there was never any telephone. We didn't have cell phones, so if something went wrong, we just put up with it, and we left a note for the, uh, for, for, for the owner. Um, of course, there were no reviews either. We didn't have anywhere to do reviews as guests and you know that that was double-edged I suppose because as an owner you didn't know what you would whether what you were doing was right or wrong or accepted or tolerated or not and as a guest you really had no way uh, apart from voting with your feet and not going back again of, of saying that the place was unacceptable but in general a, a, a vacation property back in in those times had to go some to be unacceptable you know it was a roof over the head and it had an indoor toilet and quite often the luxuries of a tv with rabbit ears and and that was about it you know when I started in the business and I remember going to look at a property that had a dishwasher and we I was overwhelmed with this like wow you know this is this is real luxury you are going to be so successful at renting your property with a dishwasher and at that time it was regarded as this luxury extra and of course now it's we have to tell guests when a property does not have that amenity and i think we've got to that point where when you realize that you have to that that Guests are that they have expectations of amenities coming as standard. And if you don't, if those amenities aren't as standard, you have to tell them. That's, well, what I mean by this is we're now saying when some of our properties do not have air conditioning or they don't have a dishwasher or they don't have a washer dryer. We have to be very specific on the listing to say that these things are not available because they are now expected as standard. So 
you know, back then we were dealing with a completely different type of guest. And I mean, nowadays, wouldn't it be great? And this is what used to happen. Wouldn't it be great if our guests checked in? We heard absolutely nothing from them throughout their stay. They checked out on time, left the place super tidy, and then wrote us a stellar review. And then you just rinse and repeat. That would, you know, if I look at my summer of rentals and, and think, yeah, how great that would be. And in fact, you know, even though I'd say that's the ideal world, I would say that probably 80% of our guests are doing that. They are having the most amazing time. They're writing great reviews. They check in on time. They check out on time. And, and they leave the property in, in a good condition. But it's still an ideal world. We're still dealing with the 20%. Because in the old days of rentals, guests were far more tolerant and they were far more forgiving of human error. They also took far more responsibility and showed greater self-reliance when things went wrong. You know, when the power went out, they saw it as an adventure. I remember I remember that happening. I remember going to going to properties in England and the power might go out after a storm or, or some other reason. And we'd, uh, we'd model around looking for candles, looking for flashlights. We'd then sit around and play games by flashlight or we'd tell stories or we'd sing and have music on our um, mobile devices that we could play. So we, we made our own entertainment. And if something broke, we fixed it as best and then soldiered on until it could be repaired. If the dryer broke, we didn't get into high drama about it. If the dishwasher packed up, we didn't leave because it was impossible to stay at a property because the facility had been taken away from us and we had to do our own washing up. You know, if it rained, we played board games and rummy and spent hours on jigsaws, even though we knew there were pieces missing. We had a complaint this summer that the there was a jigsaw left for a for a family to use in a property. And when they finished Jigsaw, there was a piece missing. And we had a call. We had a call to our call center to say that this was unacceptable. If you're going to leave, if you're going to leave Jigsaws, then they should all be in, they should all be complete because it's very unfair on the children if the last piece wasn't there. So... I'll be interested to hear if you've had a better one than that this summer. Enough reminiscing about the good times because now we're dealing with a completely different perspective on our rental business. And for those of us who've been in the business a lot of years, I'm going to be tough on this one. We've got to be attentive to this. We've got to stop bemoaning the changes and begin to recognize we're in a new era of business of the business of being accommodation providers we've got to stop clinging to the old ways of doing things and we've got to embrace new technology appreciate the expectations of this new market and adapt accordingly and also to learn how to market better in an increasingly competitive environment i've seen it this year in the starkest way when Owners have been telling me when they've, they've called looking for our rental management services and they, their, their first question is, what can you do that I can't do myself? And this is because for us, it's Canada Stays, um, but it's Airbnb, it's HomeAway, it's VRBO, it's Expedia as a whole that are offering to owners 
a service which they are sort of regarding as a property management service. Now, for us owners who are in the know, we know that this is not the case. They cannot take care of the of damage that occurs. They're not going to deal with the phone call in the middle of the night when the guest wants to make popcorn and can't get the microwave to work. But we have to look at what's being offered now and decide whether this is something we want, something we're going to accept and adapt to, or something we're just going to rail against and bemoan for the next five years. Because this this is not going to change. It's going. I was going to say it's going to get worse, but it depends how you look at it. For many owners and property managers, booking online is not a... It, it, it's not a scary, scary thing. It's just something we've become adapted to. And certainly those of us who, um, who are using Airbnb, we're used to that. We're used to really not having much contact with guests, not having their email address, not having their telephone number. And we're adapting to it. It's not going to go away. You know, and home away is not going to go back. Home away is not VRBO is not going to go back to the way it was before. And for those of us who were in it from the beginning, and I see it on forums and Facebook groups all the time, let's say in the good old days when home away and VRBO were in their infancy, when really they were just a listing site. Home away, and Airbnb, uh, home away and VRB are not going to go back to that ever. So if you, if you cannot cope with it, then definitely stop bemoaning it and start doing something about it. Or get with it and just accept the fact that online booking is here to stay. Expedia is not going to allow you to have guests email address they are trying to stop what they call the leaking in every possible way when i say leaking that means allowing owners to get hold of a guest's contact information that is what they consider to be leakage because the moment you have their information you can market to them directly, have them book directly through your platform, and they're losing money. And their bottom line is everything, as it is to all of us. So they want to stop that leak. So you know that the only way of doing this is to, if, if you want to do it yourself, is to make sure you're remarketing your guests as soon as they get into the property. You're, you've got leaflets there that tell them that you have a website that tell them that they should book directly next time. That's the way to do it. Get your guests coming in to you from whatever platform they want to the first time round and then work on them after that. You know, use your energies in that way rather than consistently complaining about how awful it is. I know this is not going to go down well with a few people, um, but but that that's it, folks. That That's the way of the world now and we ain't going to change it and three four ten thousand owners backing off home away and vrbo because they don't like the way that they're doing business isn't going to make the difference it's just too is it that they are beer moth companies they're huge they have millions and probably billions of money behind them and quite honestly, they don't need you. If you want to buck the system so much, they don't need you. And they're not going to cry a tear if you leave. So I guess, yes, it is David and Goliath. And we are just a lot of little Davids. We can do, you know, we, we can try to beat the system. And if you are able, as I've seen some people recently... If you're able to create your own website, create your own marketing system, get really savvy on Facebook and start taking your own bookings, yes, you can beat the system. 
but that is by doing it proactively and using the energies in that proactive way. Anyhow, anyhow, get me off my soapbox. I just want to talk a few things, talk about a few things that have happened this summer that have caused me to add things to my very growing list for the 2018 season. You know, every year we get into this midst of summer and and I start to to think about what could we do better? What could we do better next year that's going to prevent some of the issues that have happened this year? So there's a couple of trends that I've seen. And these some of them started a few years ago, but they seem to be more pronounced this year for some reason. It could be because our weather has been particularly awful. We've we've had a summer of of rain basically. It's just so unusual for our part of the world to have this consistent rain. I don't think we've had a day without rain for 3 months. In, in some area of, of our province. And actually, I'm, I'm not sure we've, we've had a day without rain right here where I'm sitting now. Um, it's, it's just been particularly unpleasant. And of course, the rain impacts people, the, the, the weather impacts people. But we've found that our number one issue, what we've had to cope with the most this year is we've had to learn how to deal with drama. We've had to learn how to deal with guests who have created, I mean, we call it mountains out of molehills. I mean, we we see them as molehills. We see them as tiny little issues. And I I, I keep using, um, using that phrase, first world problems. But for many of our guests, some of these first world problems are blown so far out of proportion that that they become major incidents and i and i talked in a in a recent episode about the the family with uh, who who had found out that the dishwasher at the property they were going to go to had broken down and it wasn't going to be repaired until a couple of days into their vacation now the drama from that group was something that we'd never encountered before. It was to the point that they were going to stay home. They were not even going to go on their vacation until the dishwasher had been repaired. And they wanted a refund for the week, for the, for the days they weren't going to use, plus an additional rebate for the emotional damage that this had caused to them. And they were serious. They were genuinely serious that this broken dishwasher was such a, and I use, I use the word disaster because that's the one they used. Now, recently, there have been some enormous disasters in, well, there's always disasters going on around the world. So, so to me, the loss of a dishwasher was so minor compared to what other people are dealing with in BC at the moment in British Columbia with all the, the wildfires and people being displaced from their homes and not knowing if they're going to go home and find that their, that their home is still intact. Now, that's a disaster. But we're finding that, that guests have become, some guests, the 20%, in fact, have become very insular. They are so wrapped up in their own world and what is important to them that these small things can be can be blown right out of proportion so we we had this this issue with the dishwasher then we've had issues with air conditioning breaking down just last night we had a call from from a guest to say that I arrived at a property the air conditioning didn't come on and they couldn't cope in the property without this working. Now, I've just talked about the weather. It's also unseasonally cold. I'm sitting here in my office at eight o'clock in the morning with a sweater on because it's only 67 degrees outside. 
it's not going to go much higher and there's very little humidity at the moment. But these guests are so used to having air conditioning always available to them that a breakdown in in the AC system at the cottage has caused them to say that if it can't get fixed, they're going to have to leave. Even though the weather forecast says it's, no, it's not even going to be... The, the temperature, particularly at night... I mean, we're talking about needing extra blankets here at night. Um, but the drama is clearly there. And it, it seems, when we talked to this guest last night, we could hear all his family in the background. It seems this this drama infiltrates an entire group and they seem to develop a group hysteria about it because the call started out relatively quiet about, you know, the air conditioning isn't working. So that's okay. Let's, let's try with the breaker. Can you go and reset the breaker? And yes, there was a problem with the breaker. The breaker had tripped, so he went to reset it and came back on the phone and said, yeah, that's, it's, it's working now. Thanks so much. And then almost 30 seconds later, it went off again. The breaker tripped again. And you could hear this outcry in the background. And I know darn well that this, this, this group have got the windows open. They've got the doors open. They're letting the fresh air in because it's nice and fresh. But the thought of not having AC is, is a major issue for them. We had another one. Um, last week, where a guest got bitten by what we think may have been sand flies, but could just have been mosquito bites. But she was absolutely convinced that the cottage was full of fleas. And she kept sending pictures of her ankles with these bites, which were clearly outside bug bites. However, she had found a bug in the property and taken a picture of it and decided it was a bed bug and had she was forwarding the photographs to us which we were able to identify this bug as a non-biting outside bug that had somehow got into the property but she left after two days she'd gone to the pharmacist the pharmacist said yeah it's a bug bite take some benadryl but no, that, that was not enough. She could not stay, as she said, in a flea-infested property. Now, you know, to give you a bit of a background on the property, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. We have never had an issue before or after her stay with bugs of any nature. So it, it just is another example of, of the drama that... Uh, that seems to be infecting guests uh, pretty much everywhere at the moment. Uh, the other one is is one that's impacted us this year because of the poor weather. We've been having power outages. And because we have power outages, which we explain to our guests very, very clearly before they go on vacation, that power outages happen in cottage country. You know, it, it's, it's a part of the fabric of going to the country. This is not a condo in Destin or on Emerald Beach or one one of these places where things are more stable, shall we say. You know, you have town water and town uh town drainage and you don't have to deal with with water pumps failing because there is a power outage. Because what happens here, most of our properties are on uh lake water. And they're brought up from the lake. They go through a series of intricate filters. And there is usually a pump from the lake to bring the water into the house and through those, those filtering systems. When there's a power outage, the power to the electric pump is stopped. So there is no water. There's no water to flush toilets. There's no water for washing, for making, uh, making drinks, for bathing. And the dishwasher won't work because there's no water to run it. So we've had a number of issues this year where, we, where guests have, have called and said, the power's been out for an hour and, and I need to bathe my children before bed. I don't know what I'm going to do. This is a desperate situation. And I, once again, 
I, I look back five, 10, 15 years where these things were taken in the stride of guests. There was a power outage. You dealt with it. The power would eventually come back on and it's a part of living in the country. But we're having to really look at different ways of educating guests before they go and getting them to read or hear or see the educational stuff we're giving them so that their expectations are are set, so that they understand that these things possibly may happen and what's going to occur when they do. So I did a podcast interview a number of number of months ago and, and I'll put a link to it. It's about emergency planning and I, I feel very strongly that certainly people or owners in the sort of situations that we're in should always have an emergency plan. And it's something that you do in the low season is create a really robust plan because you sit down and you brainstorm every possible situation that might occur and then put something in place to manage it. And, it, it, you know, it can be a really fun exercise, actually. We, we've, we've sat down with our entire team and we brainstorm the most, the, the weirdest things happening. Uh, I can't think of any offhand, but if something's going to go wrong, then we've thought about it in our brainstorming. And then once we've got this long list of crazy things, you know, we could have a squirrel eat through the ceiling in the middle of the night, or we have bats. And, you know, a lot of these situations are ones that have happened. You know, a, a, a guest calls at two o'clock in the morning to say that there's a bat in the house. What are we going to do about it? because it's freaking everybody out and the kids are crying and they're hysterical and they want to leave right now. But there's been a storm and there's a tree down on the road and they can't get out. So, you know, we, we, we elaborate on these, these problems and then brainstorm, well, how would we deal with that should it happen? I really advocate having an emergency planning day and going through all this stuff that might happen and I'm putting a plan in place to to deal with it. Um, so I recommend going back to have a look at that uh, that podcast on emergency planning, and and make a date for the off season to do this. To sit down with the family if you're a property management company to to have a team day, and go through all these things because we've actually done this year after year. And it was great for Christina this year because things have arisen and she's been able to go back through our emergency planning procedures and and really deal with many of them without recourse to finding out from anybody else how she should deal with them because these things have happened and and or or we have we have gone through the brainstorming process and imagined them and then put the solution in place for it. The drama is not going to go away. If anything, it's going to get more pronounced as, as guests become, as, as they have much, much higher expectations. I remember talking in a newsletter to our owners about five years ago and saying that, you know, we've got to be prepared for these higher expectations that our guests have. And and I listed out a few of them. It, and it seems like those expectations are getting higher each year. So we've always got to be one step ahead of our guests and being prepared. Not, once again, not moaning about the fact that they have higher expectations, but actually adapting what we do to deal with them and to meet them. So another issue that's that we've dealt with this year has been at check-in and check-out. And I, I mentioned about uh, arriving early and leaving late. Both of those things happened last week. On one occasion, the the owners of a property were going to their place to uh, have the weekend vacation uh, to find that the guests were still there. It was uh, they should have departed 
at 11 a.m. on the Saturday morning and they were expecting to depart at 11 a.m. on the Sunday morning. They thought they had booked a Sunday to Sunday property and they had no intention of leaving. We have some properties where where the changeover team go in, do the cleaning. They don't meet the guests. They just come away and they probably didn't know that their guests hadn't arrived on the Saturday. They'd arrived on Sunday instead. So there were these. There, there was the owner arriving at their property all ready for, for a nice long weekend to find that the guests were fishing off the dock. They had a barbecue going and no intention of leaving. So that worked out quite amicably. So it ended with the owner deciding amicably that they would they would come back the following morning and miss out a day of their weekend and all worked out very, very nicely on that one. Um, it could have been different. We could have had guests going in there at four o'clock in an afternoon. And we do have a plan in place to deal with those situations because it's not the first time it's happened. Again, this weekend, we had a family that arrived a day early. They had a Sunday, Sunday uh, check-in, check-out, and they arrived all ready to start their vacation at four o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Despite the fact that everything we had sent them told them exactly what dates their check-in was and their check-out was. So we have a family of eight arriving at a property that is already occupied by a family who's not leaving to the following day. And then they call us and say, you know, well, we thought it was Saturday to Saturday. We were able to accommodate them in the last remaining hotel room, I think, in the whole of Ontario because it was a long weekend. And uh, uh, so all sort of ended on a happier note. And to put it in perspective, it was it was a family that had booked with our company several years uh, running. And each year they'd had a Saturday to Saturday booking. And for some reason, for this particular year, uh, they'd chosen a property that had a Sunday, Sunday schedule and they just hadn't noticed. So, you know, we're always we're always very to- we're tolerant. There is human error happens. We We make errors. So we completely understand that our guests do as well. And in fact, we we kicked in uh, we kicked in half of their hotel fee um, as a gesture of goodwill. So everybody's happy in the end. So last week I did a podcast. uh, I I did an episode on checking in um, and the first 30 minutes. And that's as every week goes past, I realize how important every one of those points that I made in that episode, uh, how, how important they are, because the majority of issues are relayed to us in that first 30 minutes, and they're about the, the, the check-in process. People arrive, they see things that they don't expect, they don't see things that they do expect, and and the place is not meeting their expectations so they're contacting us about that one thing that we've uh, we've had more issues about this year is guests arriving and seeing a security camera and being spooked by it even though we do say that the property has security cameras but we have to we have to get that balance between owners wanting to to keep their property secure and make sure there's no overcrowding and our guests' right to privacy. Now, I know that there's many owners who who now have security cameras on the premises. I hope they're only exterior and just on the driveway side of the property. I do not believe there should ever be a working camera anywhere else on the property. I don't care whether you've got a security issue indoors or outdoors on your um, leisure, what I call the leisure side, which is where you might have a deck or a balcony or a dock or places where people and children play, no cameras. 
I, I actually don't see a, a huge problem with a security camera on a front door. You know, people coming and going with their, um, with, with their luggage, you know, you're going to have that in, a, in hotels and resorts. And I, I honestly think it's, it, it's acceptable. Providing guests know, you have to let people know that there is an operating security camera. And, and the reason why. And we, tell, we tell our guests where there is one because properties are often left unattended through the, the low season. And because these properties are advertised online, there is a higher risk of, of break-ins. So that's why the cameras are there. Now, a lot of our owners actually do turn them off during a guest stay, which is, which is quite reasonable. And, and it's something that we, we'd, we'd encourage. But please, no cameras anywhere else on the property. So then another issue we, we, we cover a lot is dealing with damage. You know, when to be tolerant and when to really look at it as the cost of doing the business. And we've dealt with a large amount of owner claims this year, which are less than $50. It could be a broken kettle. It could be... Uh, a broken lampshade or a stain on on a rug that's required as one owner sent as, a, as as an invoice for $25 for their labor in taking out a wine stain from a carpet i mean please this is a business and there is a cost to doing the business and if you can't accept that there is going to be minor damage, minor accidental damage, then you shouldn't be in the business. Things aren't going to be perfect every single time. And while I completely understand an owner being upset when there's been a clear act of vandalism or malicious damage, accidents happen. Guests have accidents in unfamiliar environments. And, and this, this is where we spend a lot of time in our fall meetings talking about how we help owners understand about their role and about their role in hospitality and, and what it actually means to be an accommodation provider. So uh, I'm not going to talk any more about dealing with damage. I have very specific views on it. I have done an episode on it in the past. I'll put a link to it if you want to go and and hear my views on the whole damage issue. Oh, I just wanted to talk about some neighbor issues we've had because this is another, this is something else that's, that we've never had in the past. And again, it points to tolerance and intolerance. And we're finding that some neighbors are becoming hugely intolerant of rental guests because there's so many of them. Because... The, the whole fabric of, of our cottage country world has changed. And it's not the same families that come back to the cottage every year. And it's a big, huge reunion. It's different people. It's a different group every week. Having fun, making a noise. Just being a family on holiday. So we have had a few neighbor issues. The, the I shouldn't say this is a funny one, but... It's a, it's a funny peculiar one to me. Maybe a funny ha ha one to some people, but we we have an issue with a cottage with who have neighbours who are electrosensitive, uh, to the point where they do actually, genuinely wear tinfoil hats. I mean, they they, they do, um, to deflect the electromagnetic, um, waves. I don't know. I'm, I'm not very good on physics, so I don't quite understand. And somebody will no doubt come along and correct me. But we had guests in a cottage recently who said it was a fabulous property. They would not go back because twice during their stay, they were accosted by the neighbors who told them that they had to turn off the Wi-Fi because it was impacting their neighbors' uh, lives. And to one point, uh, a that the neighbor canoed to the dock where the guest was sitting, having a nice, having a cup of coffee, and he had his iPad in hand. And the neighbor accused him of being connected to the internet while outside. 
which was unacceptable. So this is something we're dealing with at the moment because this is not the first one we've had this year uh, of um, uh, electrosensitive arguments about Wi-Fi being available in properties. So I'd love to hear if anybody's got any any answers to that one because even our in our emergency planning, although we deal with it, we haven't really come up with an answer to um, to dealing with that one. Then, of course, there are neighbors who are noise intolerant. Um, there's the pet freakers. I mean, I call them the pet freakers because our, you know, when our guests have, have dogs and they stray onto a neighboring lawn, then the neighbors absolutely freak out and to, to the point of calling police. Whereas before, it used to be a, a, a very um, tolerant and genial exchange of words. You know, a conversation where the neighbor said, oh, you know, there aren't any boundaries here, but this is our boundary. We'd really appreciate it if you kept your dog over that side of the boundary. And the guests in general would say, absolutely, I'm so sorry, and keep their dog on a leash after that. So we have issues because we don't have, in general, you don't have boundaries between properties in cottage country. So people with pets will find that uh, you know, unless they, they leash their dog, they are going to wander. And neighbors are becoming increasingly intolerant of this. I, I understand this. I do. But, um, but it's, it's the way that the conversation is going. Is, is causing issues. So that, that's about it for my midsummer madness ramble. But I want to tell you what's on my list for 2018 because my list is growing. It's getting longer. And it will be uh, our list. We just call it the list is what becomes the basis for our annual team meeting when we get together for a day and go through, do a debrief on what, what went well what didn't go so well, what changes we meet, need to make for next year. And I just want to give you the five things, five main things that are on this list for 2018. Um, number one is, is an examination we do every year, but this is even more important this year. We want to look at our best performing properties and the owners, the ones that haven't had an issue or a complaint and are getting the best reviews. And we want to look at ways of sharing what they do with the rest of our clients. So what we're seeing as being the main contributors to this really quiet summer in these best performing properties are the diligence and attentiveness of the owners and the way they show hospitality and a warm welcome. And I know for, for many of you, you think, well, you know, that, that is common sense, showing the hospitality and a warm welcome and being attentive to detail and always responding quickly to emergencies. But, but for some of our owners who've been in, who, who have been renting out for a long, long time, they are finding it difficult, this transition from what it used to be to what it is now. So we're looking at ways, this, what we will be doing this year is looking at ways to, um, to address these things and to move these owners in a better direction. So the second thing we'll be talking about this year is using more te technology, using newer technology and improving what we have, not only in properties, and you know, it's particularly important in properties, I think, that as we go forward, there is going to be a greater use of technology, whether it's, you know, Amazon Echo or... Um, all the or, or remote devices for turning the AC up and down and for checking on the chemical balance in a hot tub. I mean, there's, there's, there's just so much there. But we want to begin sharing with our owners how they can improve their technology and make their properties more, um, more I don't say complaint-proof, because we don't get a huge, that, that many complaints but we, we want to reduce the ones that we have. And we also want to improve the technology that we currently have. And one of the issues this year, of course, has been Wi-Fi. 
trying to get everybody to increase their Wi-Fi capabilities as far as they can. We also want to look at ways to understand the millennial market better. And I'm going to be talking to somebody in the next couple of weeks about this millennial market. We've talked about it before. But these, the, 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 this, this group is not going away and they have specific needs. And in order to cater for them as they, they grow, I mean, the millennial market will just move into, uh, into you know, greater adulthood, into middle age. And they're not going to revert to Gen X or Gen Y or, or, or boomers. They're going to stay millennials and bring with them all these millennial characteristics. So that's something that, uh, that I want to, uh, to, to discuss in greater detail as to how we address that. We're also looking at ways of educating guests in more creative ways with using videos, using audio, uh, exploring all the apps that are out there that allows us to, um, to keep in touch with our guests, educate them better so that they too are in a better place to be tolerant of things that may possibly go wrong. And then my fifth one for 2018, it's one that comes up just about every year, is helping raving fans to become ambassadors. I mean, 80% of our guests are raving fans but we want to make sure that they are out there marketing for us. So we're going to be looking at ways for them to do that better, whether it's using social media more, making my, our properties more, as, it, as it's now become known, Insta-ready for Instagram sharing so that they become ambassadors for us and then rewarding them for that. So that's, that's it for this week. Uh, as you can tell, I'm sort of getting, I'm getting quite excited about, you know, coming to the end of the season and beginning to plan for next season. It's, it's always a great time of year because we learn so much every year and we, we can't wait to begin applying it to the next season. And in fact, this year, our, our booking season for 2018 is well underway now, uh, much, much earlier than it ever has been. So we want to make sure that we have all these things in place as these bookings start flowing in. So once again, thank you. Thanks for sticking with me to the end of this uh, this solo episode, which will be my last solo episode for quite some time. I hope you will let me know what you think of any of the things I've been talking about by just adding your comments to the show notes and sharing your experiences as well, because I so love to hear them. So for now, thank you so much for joining me again on this podcast, wherever you are. And I will look forward to being with you again next week. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business. 